Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello and welcome back to season nine of Mads World. I'm your host Mads and I'm so excited to be kicking off this season with you guys. If you have enjoyed any of the previous eps in the lead up to season nine, please remember to subscribe, rate and review the podcast as it's the simplest way to help out the show or find me on social media and tell all your friends. This episode is sponsored by Beducated, who want to help you to learn how to have great sex. They bring pleasure-based sex education right to your bedroom with over 100 online courses from the world's top experts. This episode is all about encouraging healthier dating behaviours and having a knowledge of what you want, how your body works and what turns you on all feeds into making better decisions in your dating life. Beducated can help you do just that through discovering new skills, building confidence and encouraging honesty between yourself and your sexual partners. Be sure to check them out at the link in my bio and use the code MADS in all uppercase for 40% off when you sign up. This week, I am joined by best-selling author, five-board accredited life coach, and body-positive advocate, Michelle Elman. Named as one of the most inspirational women in the UK, Michelle has established herself as the queen of boundaries and empowers singles to embrace who they are, show themselves love, and prioritize their own wants and needs. Michelle teamed up with dating app Plenty of Fish to create the Desirable Dating Guide, a new study of 4,000 British singles exploring modern-day dating behaviours to define the do's and don'ts of dating in 2023. Because let's face it, the dating landscape is always changing and with so many different ways to meet people, the universal dating experience, both online and offline, can be a bit of a mixed bag. In this episode, we discuss the UK's top dating pet peeves, positive dating behaviours, communicating boundaries, looking inwards and preparing in the lead up to a date. Hello, Michelle. Thanks for having me on. Oh, it's so lovely to have you. And it's so nice to have such a friendly face first thing in the morning while we record. I know, perfect way to start the day. <laughs> I know. Um, well, first up is our speed date question round so everyone listening can learn a little bit more about you. So my oh, first cool. question is, oh, I'd just love it if you could tell our listeners a bit more about your career as a life coach and a broadcaster author, public speaker, so many different things. Um, it'd be awesome to just hear how, how your career began and how it's grown. Yeah, I'm one of those multi hyphenate. <laughs> I feel like such a millennial job. Just couldn't pick a job title, so I took them all. Yeah. Um, but I started as a life coach back in 2014, um, and that's where that side of my job started. And then 
I went viral for a bikini picture around body positivity and that's launched the influencer side of my job and I happened to go viral right after I had already got a book deal. So it was one of those things of like all the stars aligning. Um, and so, yeah, I kind of, I do a bit of everything at the moment. Life coaching, I'm an author. Um, I love public speaking, so that's a big uh, part of it. And then broadcast stuff uh, was on this morning, this week, talking about friendship dilemmas. So it's it's just, a, it's being a life coach, but in all the different mediums, whether it's social media or presenting, and that's the best way I could describe my job. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. And in terms of social media, so obviously you've got a massive following now. How how have you found that and how has it grown since it since it started? Was it that one viral video and then it was from there or is it a lot of hard work? I do think it's a it was a different landscape when my following grew because no one was making a living off it. So you could get one it was it wasn't even a video, it was a photo. It was a photo of me with my scars and I make the joke that you know your body's so different when you go viral for a bikini picture because not many other yeah. people have built a whole following <laughs> just because you, it was a picture of me in a bikini. That was it. It's just I have scars on my stomach. Um obviously it takes quite a lot of work to then continue after that one viral picture to actually build Mm -hmm. it into a following Mm -hmm. Um, but ultimately I think I grew a following because I was talking about things that were very taboo at the time Mm -hmm. and people weren't feeling represented by the traditional media Um, and so that's where there was always this feeling when I was growing up that no one was talking about the things that I felt most insecure about so I became that person who talked about the insecure things and then realized oh well I have 250,000 followers it's probably that I'm not actually the only one in the world who's going through this so it was one of those things of um actually once I launched this campaign called Scar Not Scared I was like oh I've never been alone it's just everyone else was feeling like no one was talking about it either um so it's I mean, I just think it's such a fortunate job and it's a flexible job where you can talk about anything that interests you. And um, I've gone from body positivity to talking about boundaries to now being really passionate about dating. And there aren't many life coaches in the world that can jump from one to another when they get bored. And that's essentially what I do is I'm in general, I'm generally motivated by improving people's well-being Um, having making sure they live the most of their life and I think with my medical experience it is the fact that I never felt like I had enough time on this planet and so I want other people to make the most of that time whether it's improving their dating life or their body image or all of those aspects I think there's like a common thread Um, but traditionally in life coaching you pick one stick to one and the social media aspect means and also my books means I've been able to go from one topic to another and it kind of flows quite nicely and I'm just loving this phase of talking about dating at the moment and it was mainly guided by my own personal life because I was single for eight years and I loved dating um Mm -hmm. and then as sod's law would have it I got a book deal (laughs) for writing a book about being single and I got into a relationship two weeks later classic (laughs) and I'm still in that relationship today but it was one of those things where I was just like why is everyone talking about dating in such a negative way Mm. I love dating and I think sometimes when you look at people like me I'm plus size for people listening who can't see what I look like I'm plus size I'm mixed race I have scars across my stomach um I, I'm all uh, those things that society tells you should make your dating life harder or limits your dating pool. 
And I just didn't find that to be true. Um, More often than not, it was me not being interested. And I just (laughs) thought there needed to be that positive representation because, of course, things like body shaming, um, being fetishized, all the research that we found in the Desirable Dating Guide around um, top turnoffs, that all happens, ghosting, catfishing, all these things. But there's also a really positive side to it too. And as long as you have your boundaries and you know what you deserve and you know what you're going to stand up about and how you want people to behave and what you're not going to tolerate, that stuff is actually the most insignificant part of it. The significant part of it is actually all the fun I had, the amazing, great people I met. And also I used a lot of my dates as an opportunity to explore London as well. So like I got to really have the most fun I could in the city that I love by actually planning interesting dates as well. That's so good. Yeah, when I moved to London from Australia, that was one of the ways that I saw the city just when I didn't know anyone here because I moved here on my own. And then it was so nice. It was like, and I usually left with a friend, even if it wasn't a romantic connection. I feel Mm. like I still have people on Instagram that I dated six years ago when I first came here. It's so nice. It's actually so interesting because I just uh, was on my Substack and today we're actually talking about how people end relationships. So every Friday I talk about your wins and this week I was like, how have you set a boundary and ended a romantic relationship in a positive way? And so many people are like, I ended this and nine years ago I said to them, I'd rather be friends and I'm still friends with them today. And all the comments underneath are like, me too, me too. So you can get friendship out of dating as well. That's so nice to hear. My next question is, what is your greatest achievement? Obviously, you've done so much cool stuff. What makes you feel most proud out of everything you've done? It's actually quite a recent achievement. One of my biggest goals for a long time has been going on this morning and I went on it two weeks ago and then I went on it two days ago. So it's been really nice and also just such a compliment. They invited me back. But it's quite strange because when I get asked that question, my go-to answer is actually usually my TED Talk and I always find it's what you're most scared of is actually the thing you end up being most proud of. So the TED Talk was the thing I was probably closest to saying no to just because I didn't think I was ready. And so once it was done, I was like, I can't believe I just did that. Um, And it went really well and I loved it. And it's still probably one of the best talks I've ever done. That's so good. Do you know what? It's so weird that you say that because this week I've been asked if I'd want to do a live show by a PR company and I, well, it was actually two weeks ago and I just ignored it because I was like, I don't, I don't think I'm ready. And I I was so scared and I was like, oh, what if no one comes? Like it was sort of like having a birthday party when you're younger and you're like, what if no one shows up? Um, but yeah, and then I ended up replying and I put it on Instagram just to throw a feeler out and the response was like insane. And I was mm. like, oh my God, like, sometimes you just forget to believe in yourself a little bit. (laughs) But also no one talks about the times where you throw events and no one turns up. And I saw something on Twitter where some authors were talking about it and it's happened to me too. Like it happens. You, I have had events where I have thrown it out and I've sold out within 10 minutes. And there are also events I've put out for whatever reason, whether it's the date or train strikes, whatever. And we had to cancel it. And so it happens. And I think there shouldn't be any shame in it because it's better you tried and actually have to cancel it rather than not trying at all. And I think a lot of this shame around, oh, no one's going to come 
it, you take it personally as it's like person, but it's a lot of the times you can sell out an event one day and not another. It's usually to, down to external circumstances. Oh, well, I'll have to let you know how I go because it's... um. Say yes to it. Figure it out later. Yeah, I'll figure it out later. Um, my next question is, what is the funniest DM you've ever received? I get weird DMs all the time. I love it. Um, I think the weirdest DMs actually are the ones from people like in my like early childhood coming across my account. Um, Ah. I remember a nanny who looked after me for six months DM'd me one day. um, And she was like, you won't remember, but I looked after you for like six months when you were like four years old. And I was like, how did you recognize me? Like, yeah, I mean, I probably look quite similar, but I guess she also knew my name. But yeah, um, things like that. I'm like, the world is so much smaller than you know. That's crazy. Yeah. And I guess it's like people coming out of the woodworks because they see you've got a following now and they're just like, oh, hey, we went to school together. And you're like, you were mean to me or something. (laughs) Yeah. Those ones are less pleasant. Those ones tend to be blocked and ignored. The ones where it's just like, oh, I just want to say hi. Like, I'm glad to see you're doing well. And I looked after you when you were four years old. I'm like, oh, that's sweet. Stunning. I mean, maybe it's not even true because I don't know. Oh, yeah. Before, you but... wouldn't know. There could be some yeah. just old lady being like, mm, but this I'm quite naive. I reply to it. I'm like, oh, nice to see you. Like, <laughs> oh, that's so good. And my last question for this round is what is your best date story or your funniest date oh. story or your worst? It can be any genre. We just love them. Oh, I have so many date stories. I, I feel like your best date story has to be with your current person. <laughs> my first date with my boyfriend. It's so funny because tonight we're actually going back to the place where we went for our first date. Weirdly, like he's he walked past it the other day and he was like, let's go back. So it's booked for tonight. Um, But it, it was quite strange because... Uh, on the way there, I got followed. I mean, this isn't a nice story, so it kind of came across <laughs> like I was about to tell a nice story. But on the way there, I got followed by a guy who would not leave me alone. And so when I arrived, like basically we were we were both walking to meet somewhere on the street because he had arrived early. Yeah. And he this guy would not leave me alone. And so by the time I arrived and saw him from like across the street, um, then he disappeared. But then I was frazzled, was like, oh, I don't know what to do right now. Um And so I think I tried to pretend I was fine for about a few minutes. And then I was like, I'm really sorry. Like, I'm acting really jumpy right now because a guy just followed me down the street. It's never happened before. Um, And you know what? Those moments happen on dates and it's about how they react. And if he had reacted like, oh, that's strange or like whatever, Mm, um, mm. there probably wouldn't have been a second date. But because he was like, no worries, take it all the time you need. Is there anything I can do? Do you want to sit down? Like... All of these things, like it just shows you how their character is. Um, but yeah, it went so well. It was still, um, it was the first date I went on after COVID. And uh, it, it went so well. We were only allowed that two hour slot at this drinks place. Oh, yeah. And then we were trying to find a restaurant afterwards. Yeah. Um, and all of them were shut because it was like COVID. So I was mm-hmm. like, okay, I don't want you to get any ideas, but the only thing we can kind of do right now at like 9.30 at night is you can come to mine, we can order a takeaway, but like don't get any ideas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just <laughs> um, sort of caveat. <laughs> so we actually like ended up coming to mine and we did have a takeaway and it was just, it was lovely oh, and comfortable and yeah, it was that is That is so nice. I can't believe that. And, and so was that like three years ago? 
Uh, two. Now, oh, so, yeah. Congrats. That's wonderful. That's such. Thank I love. You. I love a nice date story. We get a lot of funny date stories on Mad's World and just terrible date stories. But every now and then, there's a nice one, and I'm like, it makes me believe again. <laughs> I'm feeling yeah, very no. cynical about dating at the moment. So I'm like, that's so good to hear. <laughs> I mean, I don't have anyone any real tell terrible yeah. ones, but the funniest one I tell is there was a guy who on a first date offered to buy me a Rolex and an iPad. Um, <laughs> and you I say yes. That- no, I didn't because it just really threw me off. Everyone thinks it's a nice story. And I was like, no, like that's definitely love bombing. Like, yeah, I, I was like, um, don't really want to owe you anything. Like, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I did say no to both, but I did think it came from a place of insecurity of um, actually I say within my book, like it, it felt like he, he he didn't know what he was bringing to the table. So he thought he'd just bring an expensive table. Oh my god, that's so good! <laughs> it's just like flashing the cash straight yeah, up. Yeah, <laughs> which is not my vibe. But if it's yours, then I can give you his number. <laughs> yeah, that's stunning. Well, um, I've invited you on the podcast because you've been working with Plenty of Fish on their desirable dating guide, and me and my listeners, we all need something to sort of give us a new lease of life on dating this year. I need a breath of fresh air. I need to reframe dating in my head as more of a positive thing. And mm. I think some of the results in there and some of the research that they've provided is really helpful in terms of reframing bad dating behaviors in, in a positive way. So. My first question for you is, what are the top dating pet peeves in the UK and what's something that we can all agree is terrible dating etiquette and behaviour? Yeah, so plenty of a fish and I did this research to look at the top turnoffs in the UK, but we also yep. were looking at strategies in how to improve that. And what we found was that 49% have received rude and nasty comments. Catfishing is 44%. Um, and being ghosted with no explanation is 43%. So unfortunately, these are quite common behaviours. But I think the positive of it is that you aren't alone. And I think sometimes when these things happen to you, you take it personally. When I mean, I've always believed that if someone ghosts you, they've ghosted you before, they'll probably ghost you again unless they're willing to work on their behaviour. Mm-hmm. And it's a sound of, sign of cowardice. It's a sign of bad communication as well. Do you really want to date someone with bad communication? No. And also someone who can't communicate in a, it's a tough conversation to end it with someone, but mm-hmm. it's a relatively easy conversation if you look at the context of life, mm-hmm. of like, you're going to have to talk, have conversations around grief if you're in a long-term relationship, maybe miscarriage, like real life stuff. Mm-hmm. So if someone can't just say, hey, this isn't really working out. Um, I've had a really fun with you and I've had a great time on our dates, but I think we should go our separate ways. Mm-hmm. That's not that hard to say. That if you can't have that conversation, good luck letting them hold your hand through whatever else life throws at you Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think it's one of these things of so I think sometimes we get lost in not actually having the language to end it and I think um, the statistics were both reassuring to me in the fact that first of all you're not alone there's loads of people going through the same things but second of all that the research also found that people are willing to stand up for themselves set their boundaries um, and people are really investing in their personal growth and 82% agree that the benefits of self-improvement can lead to greater self-awareness and success when dating. So people are really putting in 
that effort to know their boundaries, stick to their self-worth and call out this substandard dating behavior. Yeah, because I think all of those things have one thing in common, not one thing in common, lots of things in common. It makes people feel rejected and it, it hurts people's self-esteem. And I think what you said about the fact that you know everyone else is going through it is so interesting because sometimes you can look around and you see everyone's so happy, everyone's feeling you know, everyone's got someone, everyone's going on loads of dates. And I'm kind of feeling like that at the moment. Like I actually haven't been on a date all year, which is crazy because I host like a primarily a dating podcast, but I just feel, I'm feeling so disenfranchised with that at the moment. So it's nice that you can draw a positive from, from those negative behaviors. So in those eight years I was single, there were the first three years I didn't go on a single date. That was a conscious decision. I think it's okay to take time to not actually go on dates, but I also think that there are phases where I was on dating apps where I was trying to get a date and it just wasn't happening and then there would be times when I would find a date and then two days later someone else would ask me out on a date and I'd be going on three dates in a week it comes in waves and I think it's again just not taking it personally and also you don't want the quantity of dates you want the quality of dates Um, and that actually If you go on a date and you weren't compatible to begin with, and maybe that was viewed through your profile and you could see that you weren't, or even just the conversation you had on the app, um, that will lead to you going on a date and then probably leaving quite deflated from the date. Whereas it's better to know what you're actually looking for, to go on those dates with accurate profiles so that they know what you look like, you know what they look like, you know whether your sense of humor is compatible, And maybe that's having longer conversations before you actually go on the date or actually picking up the phone. That's another thing that I started doing because I was just didn't want to be wasting my time anymore. In saying all of this, what are your top tips for a desirable dating life? What are some simple life hacks that people can use to have a better dating life? So I'm all about the boundaries. So, Mm -hmm. and the research actually showed this, 54% feel comfortable calling someone out on substandard behavior with 49% stating they know their self-worth and want to stick to their boundaries and their expectations. And I think essentially it starts from the get-go. You have to set a precedent for boundaries. So it could be something as simple as when they arrange the date and the date is two minutes from their house and two hours from yours, you're (laughs) like, hey, this doesn't work for me. Or if they text you at two o'clock in the morning, you reply at 10 o'clock in the morning, which is an acceptable time to text someone and say, hey, if you want to actually plan a date with me, you're going to have to give me more notice. So let me know the plan and I'll let you know if I'm free. Rather than just say, like, just letting that person dictate the dynamic of your conversation or the dynamic of the relationship altogether. I think a lot of the time we preoccupy ourselves with being liked so much that we don't actually stand up for behavior that we would never even tolerate from a friend. Yeah. And I think it's so interesting that you speak about introducing these behaviors so early on, because <clears throat> when I think about it, I I would normally think, oh, I'd want to, you know, hook them in first and then set boundaries later. But if you do it from the get go, you're sort of creating that relationship, like from the start in a way that works for you. I also think trying to change the dynamic is a lot harder because I, I kind of see it as like, not a contract, but like, It's like saying, hey, I'm going to be this people-pleasing, easygoing, low-maintenance person for the first three dates, and then I'm going to flip on you because I feel like I've hooked you in, and now I'm going to be a completely different person, (laughs) and the person you're dating is going to be like, sorry, where did 
this person come from? This wasn't the person I was on. Like, so it's just this very <laughs> strange illusion. I think sometimes it is this thing of there's a lot of pressure, particularly on women, to be in a relationship and that being single is a problem. But actually, when I looked at being single, it was full of freedom, opportunity. Yeah. And I love the dating aspect of it because, again, it just introduced new people in my life. And in what other area of your life do you meet strangers as often as you do? in dating and it was opening my world up in so many beautiful ways because I was meeting people who were like exposing me to things I'd never even thought about like I remember I dated a guy who was really into like bouldering and I had no clue what the difference between rock climbing and bouldering is but I was like let's do a rock climbing date I dated a guy who was a professional golfer I was like let's go to mini golf um I dated a guy who was a pastry chef at the Ritz and I was like (laughs) what great let's go to a cooking class together like it's it's things that I would have never done with my friends and I was like it just felt like my world was so much bigger when I was dating god this is really uplifting me I'm sort of like okay I'm gonna go on I'm straight on a dating app after this and I'm gonna (laughs) I'm gonna get a date in this week um my next question was what are some positive dating behaviors we can look to introduce into our lives and this is sort of including when people are on a date, what are some positive things they can do to just help their best selves shine? Because I think, like you were saying, you don't you want to you want to be yourself, but what's something that you can do to come across in the best way and let your true self come out? So I think one of the things that we found in the research was like authenticity is key, where you have to actually be yourself and actually have the confidence to be yourself. And that sounds like a really wishy-washy thing, but it's all of these rules we get told about like, men don't like loud women. Well, in order for you to find a man uh, in straight relationships, a man who likes loud women, you need to be a loud woman. No (laughs) no gender is a monolith. There's there's not a whole subsection of society who isn't interested in a certain personality trait. So you have to be the confidence to have the confidence to be yourself in order for you to actually find someone who's interested in that because if you're so busy to pretending to be quiet what you're going to do is you're actually going to attract someone who's into a quiet person and there's nothing wrong with being quiet or being loud it's just about compatibility and so it starts with your profile actually putting things on there that might not float everyone's but I remember my dating app used to have the words emotional intelligence and that used to be a great it used to, it was something along the line of like I'm looking for someone with emotional intelligence who loves deep chats and lots of cuddles in between Mm -hmm. that's told you I'm an affectionate person if you don't like an affectionate person go away yeah (laughs) that's told you I'm I really into like deep chats and emotional intelligence and it weeded people out because a lot of people replied being like what's emotional intelligence is that like IQ like you've already told me that we're not gonna be a match yeah so a lot of that is just like being able to be opinionated and a lot I mean I even had that on my dating app I was like I'm a very opinionated person so again if you want easygoing breezy like someone who doesn't have a lot of opinions she's not me so (laughs) go find someone else and it's about actually staying authentic to it so it's also about the pictures that you put on your dating apps Mm -hmm. um put full body pictures don't put edited or airbrushed photos. Don't put Photoshop photos. You're not doing yourself a favor because then you go on the date and start worrying that you uh, they're going to expect a different person turning up. Well, obviously, if you've edited your photos, they probably have a reason to. And as we found in the research, people don't like being catfish. So yeah. I understand sometimes it comes from a place of insecurity. 
that you want to hide what you believe to be the worst aspects of yourself. But if you're in a long-term relationship, and maybe that's not everyone's goal when dating, but for those who have a goal of getting into a relationship, that person is going to see you in every single aspect. They're going to see you when you're first thing in the morning with bedhead. You're going to be seen, um, I don't know, I'm thinking of like the times I've had eye surgery and I was like in bed for four days without showering. You want someone where their attraction to you is not going to be that in the lead up to a date, I know you mentioned um, dating apps and, you know, being authentic in the lead up. What are some other ways in the lead up to a date that we can best prepare ourselves? I think also trust your intuition. So if anything feels off, then listen to your gut. And I think you have to know that the unfollow button is there. And um, 26% of people in the research we found are prioritizing their peace by deciding to unmatch or unfollow potential love interests or move on if they behave inappropriately. And I understand it's not the best um, like outcome when you have to end something, when you are looking forward to a date or whatever it is, but you have to know what you deserve and you have to be okay with staying single. And I always say single is better than a bad relationship. And I think sometimes we make being single forever the worst consequence, but actually, it's a beautiful period of time and usually it's a finite period of time. So make the most of it. And also that I think it's a time in your life when you could really prioritize you. And I think that's a wonderful, beautiful thing. And you take so many of those lessons once you're actually in a relationship from your single period, because you've, you've actually shown yourself how to rely on yourself, be independent, all of these things. And so when you get into a relationship, it's a lot easier to maintain your identity and not just merge into one human. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems. 
But getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. I do find that the best love story you have is with yourself and how you change over time. And when I'm single, I really notice how I'm feeling and, you know, what makes me happy. And I can just do indulgent things or fun things. I can just do whatever I want and it's amazing. (laughs) There's so much freedom in being single. It's genuinely like... Looking back, I just had so much fun and I just, I wish there was more room for those conversations that I think dating is just such a lovely period of time. But I think sometimes when you go to parties and you tell people you're single, you get this pity, you get this like, oh, why are you still single as if it's a problem? And so it becomes easy to convince yourself that it is a problem when actually it's a wonderful period of time. Mm-hmm. And on the flip side, how can we look inwards, especially if we are single, and focus on self-improvement in regards to dating and our own behaviours? So one of the things I tell people is ask yourself the question, would you date you? I think a lot of the times we focus on aesthetics. So when you think your love life isn't going as well as it should or that um, you're not getting as many dates as your friend maybe. Um, the first thing that people do is, okay, I'm going to go to the gym, I'm going to lose weight, I'm going to all of these things that are essentially becoming closer to the beauty ideal, when actually it's not about what you look like, it's much more about how you behave. And people don't look at things like, okay, well, when someone gets close to you, do you run away? Do you get scared? Do you push people away? Do you find it hard to apologize when you're wrong? Do you just shut people down when you feel like you've got into a conflict so that you don't have to have the conversation? Do you ghost people? Do you disappear? And when I asked myself the question, would I date me? And I asked this probably towards the end of those three years where I was single without dating. All the things that came to mind were actually things that were about my behavior and my personality much more so than the way I looked. Because at the end of the day, there is always going to be someone who finds you attractive. And I know that sounds like such an obvious sweeping statement, but it's true. And you have to believe you're beautiful before you to be able to see the other people in the world who see your beauty see your beauty as well so I think it's the fact that a lot of the times when you don't see your beauty and someone tells you you're beautiful the first instinct is especially around compliments is to shut them down say oh no I'm so tired today whatever it is but actually accepting those compliments um, and sometimes trusting that other people find you beautiful, even if you aren't able to see it yourself, but actually accepting there are other people who can see what you can't see at the moment. Um, But when I asked myself that question, it was a lot of the things that I needed to work on were around communication. And the fact that um, I I don't like the word needy, but I I was very reliant on external validation of the people around me because I wasn't secure in my own decisions. And so that can be a heavy weight on someone you're in a romantic relationship with. And so I very much, that question, would you date you, very much spotlights all the aspects of yourself you can work on in order to improve your dating life. And it doesn't just improve your dating life. When you improve your ability to apologize, your ability to communicate, that affects your whole life. Yeah. And I guess that's a, t- a good tool for single people who might not be looking for a relationship at this point, but just mm. just a good way to self-reflect. 
Absolutely. And I think also it's it's taking this focus off of changing your thighs or changing like whatever you want to change about your body is the person who is most conscious of your appearance is you. And they or I think when you go on those dates, you have to remember they already know what you look like, assuming you've not edited your photos um, and they've agreed to go on the date with you. Therefore, trust them that they can make their own judgment around your attractiveness. Hopefully, if they don't find you attractive, they won't say it to your face. Um, and you need to let them be interested in you, even if you don't believe why they would be interested in you. Because what happens is if you don't have the self-esteem in place and someone's interested in you and you maybe have insecurities about the way you look like, then you start thinking things like, well, there must be something wrong with them for them to be interested in me, when actually that just speaks more to your self-esteem because you don't believe someone would actually be interested in you. So you need to work on that ability to believe that someone would actually love you like you be interested be attracted to you all of these things and um, one of the exercises I did early on when I asked myself would you date you is I wrote 100 reasons why someone would want to date me so that oh, I that's always... such a good idea but I and people go you mean you mean 10 don't you and I was like no I mean 100 <laughs> and oh they're like you mean God. 50 and I'm like no stop negotiating down <laughs> if you don't if you don't know a hundred reasons why someone should date you, then you don't know what you bring to the table. And yes, when you actually sit down to do the list, it probably takes two to three hours. And there is a point where you're like, I have nothing left. But what happens is if you continue to sit there, um, your brain will start searching for more reasons. And actually yeah. that's the, that brick wall that you feel like I literally have nothing left in me. That's what you want to happen. You want your brain to actually be looking for reasons why people would want to date you. And then when you go on dates, you go with a completely different energy because you know what you bring to the table. And yeah. also, you know yourself better than anyone else. So no one can tell you who you are. So someone said like, oh, I don't want to date you because you're really stubborn. I'd be like, yeah, fair enough, I'm really stubborn. But if someone said to me, like, I don't want to date you because you're really rude, I'd be like, I'm not a rude person. I'm not like, rude. I just know I'm not. So I'm a direct <sighs> person, but I'm not rude. Um, and so you can't tell me who I am because mm. I've already done that work myself. That is so cool. I'm going to do that this week, I think. And also, I think it's a great question to ask people as well. I'm going to introduce it. Top three reasons why someone should date you. Love that. <laughs> Should like, I go first? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, can you? What's the top so, three? Okay, so top three reasons someone would want to date me. I, I think I'm a very loving, caring person. Like I yeah. am a very... I'm very affectionate, but also I'm very um, complimentary in my words. So I'm always, I tell people, not just my romantic partners, but like my, anyone in my life, I'm always like, I love you. I appreciate you. I care about you. Like, thank you so much. I'm always thanking people as well. I'm always like, thank you so much for being, I was just thanking my boyfriend because I've been quite ill this week. So I was like, thank you so much for looking after me this week. Um, so that's one of the, the ways I believe I'm most loving and also why I deserve to be loved um, <laughs> and then I I think I'm very like driven ambitious person and I actually think that that has that brings a lot of character and um I think yeah I'm always doing exciting things I'm always doing interesting things and the third thing is I'm actually just quite fun yeah <laughs> that like I have a I, I like to laugh I like to smile I try yeah. to find the good the good in things um, and I'm always doing something new and interesting in London. Like I always, um, I'm not really the kind of person to just 
want to do the same old so I'm always finding weird mm-hmm. things like I went roller skiing the other day which didn't even know that was a thing me neither uh, I've taken a hot tub down the Thames um that was a lot of fun uh what other things have I done I do paddleboarding quite a lot I've uh yeah just weird weird, weird things in London at the moment I shuffleboarding I did that mm-hmm. the other day love shuffleboarding um, so yeah. fun it's just like interesting things you can do and um yeah, I think if I don't think anyone's boring, but I think people who think they're boring have a boring life. Whereas I'm like, yeah. I'm not so sure I'm interesting, but I know I have an interesting life. Yeah, God, I'm really gonna have to go and sit down and think about it. I'm trying to think of it now, but now I'm like getting distracted. <laughs> it's, a, it's such a great question. Um, well, at least give us yeah. one. You have to okay. give us one now. Okay, I think. Oh, I mean. I'm just going to, I'm copying yours because you said them and I'm like, oh, I guess I'm kind of like that. So I, I suppose that I'm pretty fun as well and driven and ambitious, but I'm trying to think of, of something else. Probably I love to like care for people and f- I love feeding people. So I have like, um, <laughs> I've got two new housemates and every day since they moved in, I'll like make a little bit too much food. And I'm like, oh guys, there's food in the fridge. Like if anyone wants some and they're like, that's okay. Like I've already ate. And I'm like, eat it <laughs> I swear, I'm like I don't know I feel like I, I'm quite generous in that respect because I just love like when someone's like oh this is so yummy and I'm like I know <laughs> yeah um, I, it's actually reminding me that I I'm always the kind of person who offers my food before I eat it first yeah and I don't know whether I think it's I'm the same I show my love through food and yeah um, <laughs> but then my boyfriend said to me the other day yeah but it's also like two-sided because you always offer your food in expectation <laughs> that you're going to be offered my food back yeah. so he's like it's not this selfless showing love thing and I'm like maybe but you should offer your food yeah like, it goes around in a circle mine, <laughs> yeah my ex used to do this thing where like because I'm I've got celiac so I'm gluten-free and if we were out he knew that I would try and steal whatever he got so he would get <laughs> something that had gluten in it so purposely so I wouldn't try <laughs> and steal it and he'd be like oh I can have a bite of yours but mine's got gluten in it I'm like what the hell it reminds <laughs> me of the friends like Joey doesn't share food yeah it's yeah. <laughs> so true. It's such a boy mentality. Like, just give me a mm. bite. I'm not going to yeah. eat the whole thing. Like, I just want to taste it and know what I'm missing, you know? <laughs> it just tastes more delicious than when it's coming off someone else's plate. There's nothing worse than a restaurant when, like, you, you're you going to order theirs and you're like, oh, we'll get something different so we can both see. And theirs comes mm. and you're like, damn it, that looks yeah. amazing. <laughs> well, now, because I know he's not going to share, I we sometimes order the same thing. And I'm like, I hate this. It's such a missed opportunity. <laughs> we could be enjoying two dishes right now. Exactly. Oh, God. Well, my last question is, when should you say yes to a second date? So I think the time to say yes for a second date, we have a checklist within the Plenty of Fish uh, Desirable Dating Guide. Amazing. Um, because I think it's actually a thing that people overcomplicate a lot of the time. And it has things like, were you laughing during the date? Um, and it's, it is about simplifying it. And mm-hmm. ultimately, I don't think you actually have to like them in order to go on a second date. And that sounds controversial, mm-hmm. but I think... I lower the barometer because I think first dates, there are nerves and whatever. Mm -hmm. So I say, if you're still curious about them and you would enjoy the evening, even if there's no third date, then say yes. And I think just having that baseline of curiosity as rather than having to decide whether you like someone or whether you have a future after what, like the first date's usually like two, three hours. Sometimes it can obviously go over longer, but Mm -hmm. like, 
it's hard to decide make a like a, a lot of pressure that people put on themselves is also like deciding whether you want to like marry the person and I'm like they're a stranger still like I don't know most, them <laughs> no matter how long you've spent your on the first date they're still a stranger so you don't need to know everything but mm-hmm. also I think a lot of the time when I first started dating I would get really worried about ending it with people because I never wanted to mm. hurt someone's feelings yeah. so my concern was that I would go on like three four dates and then I wouldn't be interested anymore and then it would be more hurtful than if I had ended it on the first date so the thing that I tell people is give yourself time and the permission to actually not know. You aren't leading someone on if you aren't sure yourself. And so if you're going on three, four, sometimes I've been on five dates. I thought I was interested and then I wasn't anymore. You're allowed to change your mind and just keep going on those dates as long as you're curious about them. As soon as you stop being curious or not looking forward to the time that you spend together, then that's when you end it. But up till that point, you're still allowed to continue dating. Yeah. And also be, you can communicate about it. You can say like, hey, I'm not sure like how you feel about this, but um, I'm enjoying getting to know you. I'm not so sure about what I'm actually looking for long-term, but um, for the moment, I'm just enjoying it. How are you feeling about it? Yeah, and I think a lot of the time it's easy to get wrapped up in how the other person feels. And mm. it's okay to, like, you feel what you feel, but as long as you communicate it, that's the key thing. So, you know, if you if you do stop liking someone, just don't ghost them. Just just tell yeah. them. like, And that's okay. Like, you're allowed to stop liking someone. It's just communicating that and being open about it. I also think it's about communicating in the way that you want to be communicated with. And I think if you don't want someone to ghost you, then you can't be responsible for that substandard dating behavior either. Yeah, 100%. Oh, well, thank you so much for coming on the pod, Michelle. It's been an absolute pleasure. And honestly, we're recording this, like, this is my first meeting or recording of the day. (laughs) And it's just like, it's so lovely to chat to you. So thank you. I know, perfect way to start the day. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed my chat with the wonderful Michelle. Please let me know on any of my socials. The links are in my bio if you have any stories or thoughts of your own to share. Peace. on a budget quality is non-negotiable that's why quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks italian leather jackets and so much more and the best part about quince they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe ethical and responsible manufacturing elevate your style without the elevated price tag with quince Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.